This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? It is Sunday, April 25th, and this is, of course, your daily financial news. Always look forward to Sundays. Sets up a big week. Allows me to decompress a little bit because we start hot tomorrow with our multi-millionaire expert series. Uh, But I want to call your attention to a video I posted yesterday. It might be the most important video I have put out in the last 12 months. As you know, I have a course called How to Get Started, One Rental at a Time, and we are continually adding more and more sections. Yesterday, I went back and interviewed Bob Langworthy, a CPA and real estate accountant, because I really wanted to get into the course Why Seller Financing is Good for the Seller from an accountant's perspective. And during that conversation, we really talked about all the changes that are proposed for real estate, higher capital gains, potentially loss of 1031, the loss of the stepped-up basis. And during that conversation, which again was intended to go into my course, we really highlighted that, wow, you know, seller financing structured as a win-win is going to be a great and powerful options for sellers who frankly want to pay less taxes sellers that want more money, and sellers that want to maintain monthly income. It was so powerful, I decided to post it right here on YouTube. I will probably leave it up for another 24, maybe 48 hours. Uh, My intention is to take it down. It is intended to be just a sample of what is in my course. Uh, But yeah, Bob and I had a great conversation. It's about 30 minutes long. We go through examples, right? Take notes, understand what is going on, and really inform, educate sellers because they could make horrible financial decisions. In one example we did, uh, the seller gets hit with about $750,000 in taxes. They've owned a property for, I think in that example, 30 years. Uh, It is doubled in value, but they end up giving back 75% of that appreciation in taxes. Crazy. So again, that video is posted. It is up yesterday. It went up at 6 o'clock Pacific last night. Uh, It will not be up more than 48 hours. Uh, But again, it was so powerful. I thought, why not? Let's give it to everyone. Make sure they have a chance to watch it. Uh, So enjoy. Uh, Another thing up, uh, I actually have an interview on Sundays. I usually don't do these, but I have an interview with a young lady who uh, is uh, a mother of two. She's in the top 1% of Arizona real estate agents, and she is the wife of Pace Morby, uh, who has many, many businesses, and she's been the silent voice behind it. So uh, I thought I would get Laura on the show and really talk about how she's able to balance all of those things because it's pretty amazing. When we go ahead and look at the daily financial news, there are a couple things that jumped out at me. 
First, there was an article published or sponsored by Personal Capital. They're basically an online financial advisory firm. And they, it's, they collected uh, account balances for 2.8 million Americans. And what they did is they produced the average 401k balance per state. I'm going to go through the three highest and the three lowest and then talk about it with you. Uh, what do we want to do, highest or lowest? I will do highest first. 523,000 is the average account balance in Connecticut, 494 in New Hampshire, and 489 in Virginia. Lowest, Utah. That surprised me a little bit. Utah at 300K, North Dakota at 310, and Washington, D.C. at 325K. So, okay, these are numbers, these are averages, so you have to be very careful when you hear things like this because you could have one account balance at a billion dollars and everybody else not in that billion dollars raises. This is not median, this is average. So these are, these are terms that people throw out to try to confuse you. But regardless, let's talk about Connecticut at the highest balance, $523,000. Think about your monthly expenses. Is it five grand? Is it eight grand? I have a course called Get Your Money Right, right? Part of that is understanding what you spend. How long could you live on 523 grand? A decade? That's 50 grand a year, no appreciation. Maybe it's 12 years. We're not, we're not doing all that great, right? Again, these are 401k balances. So again, having an account balance of 523 probably means you've been contributing for what? 20 years? 25 years? Yes, a 401k balance is important, especially if you're getting company match. But damn, there is a better way, right? One rental at a time, 20, 25% down, cheap debt, positive cash flow. Uh, we can just do better than this. If you get four rental properties in the next four years, you will have a much, much bigger net worth. You will have positive cash flow. You will have options. I mean, man, 523 grand after 30 years of savings. We can do better than that. Again, I've always got the company match, so I'm not poo-pooing 401k. If your, your company's going to match 3%, go contribute three. If they're going to do five, do five, whatever. But let's realize that there is a better option. You don't have to save a little bit forever, right? Work 40 years, 40 hours for 40 years. Real estate is a better option. Again, that was 2.8 million folks to pull that data together. Uh, next up, we have just more examples we need to look out for for price hikes, man. The grocery store is going to start to show inflation. Inflation first came to the housing area, right? Lowe's and Home Depot, right? If you've been on the channel or heard maybe Lumberjack Landlord talk about lumber, we've talked about fencing, we've talked about windows, we've talked about appliances, even paint now is going up. But now it's coming to the grocery store, Coca-Cola, Smuckers, General Mills, Procter & Gamble. People are going to start to feel this. It is going to accelerate uh, collected some categories for the last 30 days last month. Grocery right now is only up 2.6. I expect that to accelerate, unfortunately. Household care, 5.2%. Baby care, this one hurts, 7%.
Man, diapers are expensive. General merchandise, 7.1%. I don't know what the Fed is doing. Uh, I don't know why they are continually trying to trumpet no inflation. Grocery store, gas station, rental cars, airline travel. It is here and they are going to have to deal with it eventually. I suspect it's next year, but it is coming sooner than they want. Next up, uh, one of the big questions I'm starting to get, and more and more folks are talking about it. The good news is we've been talking about this for at least 60, if not 90 days. And that is, okay, Michael, you've been talking about going from dark to light. You've talked about the roaring 20s on repeat. But the roaring 20s last time did not end so well, right? There was that nasty thing called the Great Depression at the end of the 20th, uh, end of the 1920s. That didn't feel very good. So what do you think? Well, there's a couple of things. First and foremost, I don't know that the Roaring Twenties this time goes 10 years. I don't want anybody to think this. I think the feedback loop, loop the cycle that we are in, the earnings growth, the, you know, the, the savings that we have put away, the income wage inflation that I think is coming, I see five years, right? My crystal ball is always broken, but it gets really fuzzy after five years. So I think we have five years of general economic boom. I think the world, frankly, has five years. Again, remember, Asia came out first. We're coming out second. Europe will come out third, and then the rest of the world. So this will be a economies kind of getting back one after the other versus coming all online at the same time, which, frankly, could be a problem. So again, I don't know that it goes 10 years. I want to say that first. And then second... Uh, what some people are talking about now, hey, Roaring Twenties, great, Great Depression coming. They're, they're trying to scare us again. But realize a lot of the economic variables, the engine that exacerbated the last depression, or actually the only depression, the Great Depression, um, were structural and have been addressed, right? There was generally lending issues going on, basically short-term debt. There was no Social Security. There was no FDIC, bank runs. A lot of these things were added post-depression to reduce the negative feedback loop of the Great Depression. So I'm not worried about a depression coming. I am worried about the next recession. We will have a recession or several in the next decade. That concerns me. What concerns me the most is when you tie in the next three to five years, if we ever get to the point where we have unqualified buyers buying housing into an appreciation and unaffordable market, that could be a problem, right? That was the last 18 months of the last Great Recession, was 18 months of, frankly, unqualified buyers getting yes answers. We're not there today. Qualifications are great and actually getting harder but you could see as qualified buyers evaporate, as affordability falls, you could you could see bank getting lean, uh, more lenient and you know doing that. So those are things I'm looking for. We're not close to that today. Uh, we could we I think we're going to bring more manufacturing and, and really you know broaden out the U.S. economy, which frankly got too service oriented. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. I do not see 
at least it's so early, right? It, it's just guessing at this point. But we don't seem to have the structural things in the economy that could cascade and really lead to a depression. So again, we're standing in the light. Lots of great stuff coming. We have 30% of the S&P 500 reporting over the next five days, all, tech, all the big tech, big manufacturing, consumer stocks. It is going to be interesting. Look for two things. What are they talking about the future? I think any company that doesn't talk about the future now gets penalized, right? They got four, maybe five quarters of being lazy. You got to tell us about the future. Where do you see revenue? Where do you see earnings? And inflation. Are there more and more companies talking about raising prices because inputs, commodities, freight, all of these things are going up? So that's what I'm looking out for. And of course, we have housing numbers with Case Shiller and pending homes, and it's going to be a very exciting week. Don't forget to tune in for our expert series Mondays through Fridays where I interview multimillionaires and we cover three topics that we think can help you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I am looking forward to my 8 o'clock interview. Take care. Bye-bye.